Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Power Up Podcast, entitled Lead It or Leave It, with your host, church consultant and leadership coach, Chanel Ramsey. All right, guys, I don't know about you, but we've been feasting on this topic um, about the shift. We've been feasting on this topic, and so I want to jump right into it because I have a page and a half content to share share with you. Um, so again, I just want to say thank you for joining me, taking out the time to join me in this Power Chat. Why? Because I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Um, it's going to be something that you can um, immediately implement, and it's going to be something that is going to empower you to move forward. Okay? We've been talking about the shift. We've been talking about this topic. Uh, we've been exploring what God is saying when he tells us to shift, um, and then he's also been speaking to us about strategy and so we've been exploring that idea of strategy. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan Shaw, for joining us. And so I want to just continue to dive into that. So, again, thank you for joining me today. Those of you who know me, my name is Chanel Ramsey. Those of you who don't know me, welcome for the first time. Um, I'm leadership coach Chanel Ramsey. I am a leadership coach and the CEO um, of Power Up Urban Leadership Network. And so um, I, I do a lot of one-on-one coaching with other leaders that are community leaders as well as ministry leaders. And um, one of the reasons why I wanted to start doing these Tuesdays at 2 is because I realized that there in my leadership journey were a lot of avoidable mistakes. There were things that I was going through and experiencing that I could have avoided. I could have avoided some of those mistakes. And so um, I wanted to make sure, hey, Jeffrey, thank you for joining me today. I wanted to make sure that there was a platform where people could connect to me. Then also I realized that um, there's some challenges in, in talking to a coach, especially in our culture. Our culture doesn't necessarily support us going outside of ourselves for help um, or outside of our circle or the people that we're familiar with. So being able to join in on, with me on Facebook Live at two Tuesdays at 2, you get a chance to kind of see what I'm all about and then also get a chance to ask me some questions and, and get some information that can empower you along the way. Hi, Sister Pearson. Thank you for joining me today. And so I, my prayer is that you all um, not only get a taste of what I do, but that you also get empowered. There's something that you can take away. Again, the tips that I give you, the information that I share with you, these are this is information that can go into immediate activation. Also, these this is information that has proof of concept. I'm not sharing anything with you that I have not experienced. I haven't done, I haven't walked through myself, and then I'm not sharing anything with you that has not been proven by leadership experts, okay? And so I want you to know that. Welcome, Nick. Welcome, Katrina. Thank you guys for joining me today. And so this is an opportunity for us to have a heart to heart. All right. Um, Because especially those of us who are in leadership, sometimes um, there's a silent leadership frustration. Um, We're going, we're going, we're going as leaders. We're pouring, pouring, pouring. But very rarely do people stop and pour into us. Um, They're always looking to us to give out. They're always looking to us to um, share more information about what we've learned and where we are. And there's almost this... um, this kind of status quo we try to keep instead of having moments where we can be real and say, hey, I need help. I need help. I'm drowning here. I'm leading, um, but I'm bleeding. I'm leading, but I'm not doing really well. And so um, God just really gave me this idea and just started really brewing it in my spirit. And I believe that if you tune in at Tuesdays at two, that you're going to get something out of these conversations that's going to help you along the way. I realized, and here are some things that I, I know about what God is calling me to do. I've been 
charged to elevate um, the, the level of leadership among the church and among the kingdom of God, to really elevate the level of professionalism and the elevate, uh, elevate the level of performance among kingdom leaders. And so that's my charge. And I realized that over the years, I've been frustrated. I've been serving the best I know how, but I was frustrated. I kept running into brick walls. I kept um, getting into these cycles of being rebuked for things that I didn't know, um, but was assumed that I knew. And I kept going through these cycles of just making unnecessary mistakes. And and so I, I realized that I had learned some really, really bad habits um, from those who were my predecessors in leadership. And although they um, meant well, um, they weren't serving well because they didn't have the proper or adequate tra training. And what I realized in the body of Christ, and this might not be your church, but this is a lot of churches. We have... Um, this really bad habit of putting people in positions based on their anointing or their calling, their giftings, but not actually training them for the assignment. And so what happens is we find that a lot of people are burning out. Uh, a lot of people are resulting to sin in order to get relief from the pressure of leadership. Um, they're resulting to being entertained rather than having that personal relationship with God because they are not equipped to handle the stress of leadership and have built into them the capacity to lead well. I've always say this, it's not, um, I don't consider myself a leadership expert, I'm just a good student that have learned a couple of things and I wanna share with you what I learned because I believe it can help to relieve some of the stress off of you as a leader. It can help relieve some of the stress and some of the pressure and the things that you feel. So today we're gonna to be talking about this topic of shift. So I hope you guys are ready. If you're ready, why don't you just hashtag below and just hit, just hashtag shift because we're gonna dive into this topic a little bit better and a little bit deeper. Um, thank you, Nadine, for joining. Who else joined? Thank you, Emmanuel, for joining us today. All right, guys, don't forget to share this with your friends and followers. Let them know that you're on with Leadership Coach Ramsey today. Invite, 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 especially if you know another leader, because we're about to talk about this shift. We're going to move from stagnation to success, right? That's what we've been talking about, the shift that goes from stagnation to success. And so I want to dive back into this because... It's important. One of the things I talked about last week, and, and I know this might be a little touchy for some people, um, but it's going to take a lot for us to shift. It's not just going to be um, a spiritual encounter. Um, and, and, and that's what we tend to lean upon when we hear this terminology shift. Um, sometimes we have the mindset of the shift to be just spiritual. Um, and if we depend on just the spiritual, we're going to miss what God is completely doing. Okay. Um, even though this shift may start in the spirit, it has some natural components to it that must be activated. And so we want to talk about these natural components because God initiates the shift in the spirit, but then he holds us responsible for implementing the shift in the natural. Okay. Hi, Alicia. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Barbara, for joining me today. Right. At Gloria. Hi. Thank you guys for joining me today. Again, God initiates the shift in the spirit, but then he holds us responsible for implementing the shift in the natural. Why? Because the Bible declares that we are co-laborers with Christ. In other words, we have a part to play in seeing the shift of God manifest in our businesses and our organizations and even in our lives. Many times we look to the spiritual outpour to fix our organizational issues. 
You hear that? Many times we look to the spiritual outpour to fix our organizational issues. And you have to be so careful because a good service doesn't always fix your issues with your team or your auxiliary. You can have a great service. You can have the power of God can move. And again, that's the initiation. God, um, he sparks that fire. He begins that movement, that progress. Um, but you having a good service does not necessarily mean that all of a sudden the people on your team or in your auxiliary are going to start turning in their projects on time. It doesn't mean that they're going to now follow up. This doesn't mean that they're going to be better at communication. Okay, so there's a natural component to it. And we have to be so careful that we don't just kind of sit on the side sidelines and wait for it to happen, but that we co-labor with Christ in order to see it happen. And so I want to talk to you and continue this conversation about this shift because I was speaking to my client, Lisa, yesterday. And when I tell you we had a dynamic conversation, Lisa has been, um, she has the three-month package deal with me um, to culture for three months. And so we're on our third session and she just began to tell me because we've been talking about stagnation. Um, and, and she just began to cry on the phone and she was just telling me how she was so grateful that she made the phone call. And I said, well, you know, well, what, what is it that made the difference for you? And she was like, she was so frustrated that the frustration of her life and her leadership began to affect her health. And you don't realize that even as leaders, we need to shift personally. Before we can begin to shift an organization, we have to shift personally. And she just began to talk about how the beginning of the coaching calls with me and having that conversation began to shift her life from stagnation to success. I said, okay, well then tell me what is your number one takeaway for our sessions. What is it? What's the thing that you um, really took away that made the, the greatest impact for you so far? And she said, I told her the smallest shift involves change. And she just began to realize that it's not going to happen because I said it's going to happen. It's going to happen because she's going to implement the steps to make it happen. And so um, we just began to talk about that. And I, and I thought it was amazing. Thank you to Juana and Lisa and Alisa for joining me today. Um, I thought it was just amazing that we could have that conversation because we're talking about shifting from stagnation to success. So here's the recap, right? Stagnation. We talked about stagnation. Stagnation is inactivity, um, to be dull, to be sluggish, to be slow moving, to be um, to have no current flow, to have no current flow. Um, it, stagnation is character characterized by the lack of development advancement or progressive movement are you stagnant today look at that definition because what you have to identify is that a person can be stagnant but so can an organization you can be stagnant as a person or an area in your life can be stagnant or your organization can be stagnant is your organization inactive is the, are there areas where it's slow moving having no current flow. And we know the flow is important. The flow is important, right? Because God, he says, I'll be in you like a river. A river has a current flow. Flow is important. He says also that it's characterized by the lack of development, advancement, or progressive movement. Where are you in respective to your goals, right? We're in the eighth month. What were the things you set out to do in January? Where are you in that process? Is there progressive movement? If there's not, then it's time to shift. In order to go from stagnation to success, you have to shift. And every shift requires strategy. Oh, yes, I said it, strategy. 
Now, this is a big word, and we're going to talk about this word because this is a huge word. This is something that, again, you want to take notice to when we talk about strategy. Strategy is your plan of action designed to achieve a major or overall aim or goal, okay? It's your plan of action. We cannot continue to sit down and think that because there was an outpouring of the Spirit, there is automatically done. You have to now take what he gave you, right, and be able to actualize it, right? When God releases strategy, when he gives you strategy, he's giving you a plan of action. And we talked about how strategies can change based on the battle. Right. We talked about the mosaic strategy. Here it is. God calls the children of Israel out of the wilderness. What did he do? They came to the Red Sea. He said to stretch out your rod and the Red Sea split in half and they went through on dry ground. We know the story. But when it was time for the children of Israel to go into the promised land, he says, I have to give you a new strategy. March around these walls of Jericho. Right. Keep on marching because I'm giving you a new strategy. When you march on the seventh day at the seventh shout, those walls will come down. Imagine if Joshua went to the walls with a rod. That was not the strategy. If you don't implement the right strategy, you will not see the breakthrough. Did you hear me? If you do not implement the right strategy, you will not see the breakthrough. The benefit is in the breakthrough. The benefit is in the breakthrough. And so, so many times we have these goals, these initiatives, these ideas, uh, um, these concepts, these things that we want to do, these projects we want to launch, these businesses we want to launch. It's not in the launching. It's in the implementation of the strategy. Don't start anything you cannot sustain. Did y'all hear me? Don't start anything you cannot sustain. Your sustainability is going to be found in your strategy. Your strategy is your how to. Paul said it like this in Romans 7. He said, the will to do it is present, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. In other words, I've got the desire to activate this. I've got the desire to walk into this. But the strategy, the how to, I cannot find. You don't want to start anything until there has been a release of strategy. So when God begins to speak to us about strategy, when he begins to speak to us about shifting, he's actually saying position yourself to receive a strategy. So when God is championing this idea, he's championing this idea of shift. It's time to shift. It's time to move from where you were to where you want to be. He's actually saying position yourself because there's about to be a release of strategy. Now, I began to ask myself, you know, about strategy and this terminology strategy. And what I found is I never struggled with strategy before, you know, and that's why I think I'm so great at being a leadership coach is because it, coaching is just like anything else. When you're in a game, if you had a football game, basketball game, the coach doesn't get on the field and play, but they strategize on the sidelines to help you win. They prepare the plan of action to help you win. And so I've never struggled with strategy because God has graced me with the gift of wisdom. Them. And because of that gift of wisdom, I'm able to see strategy and receive strategy quickly and efficiently. And so if you have that gift of wisdom, I want you to tap into it and really begin to mature it, really begin to work that gift, because that is going to help you in the implementation of your plan. All we need is wisdom. I'm telling you, all we need is wisdom. And I've had this gift of wisdom activated in my life when I was around 16 years old. I'll never forget it. And God just began to, to help me 
me in, in that place and just begin to instruct me to read Proverbs. And I would read a Proverbs a, way, a day. And I would say a Proverbs a day keeps the devil away. That's what my little, my little catchphrase was to encourage me to keep reading Proverbs. But God developed that gift of wisdom in me. So strategy for me comes easy, but it doesn't come easy for everyone. That's why you have to press into this idea, this revelation, this moment of shifting and re- wait for the release of strategy. Hey, Adrian, Cheryl, Erica, Ayana, thank you guys for joining me today. I hope you get something out of this chat we're having. So we've been talking about shifting from stagnation to success. Some of you have been in such a stagnant place. This year uh, um, has been rough for so many people, but you can't allow what has been done to you to stop you from achieving what you have set out to do. You need strategy. Sometimes strategy changes again from battle to battle. God will give you a new strategy. What did he tell King Jehoshaphat? He said, go stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. Go to the cliff of Ziz stand there don't fight don't do anything he gave them the strategy he says I will win this battle for you in other words there was a plan of action God gave them to obey the instruction they were going to see the victory remember the 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 benefit is in the breakthrough when you apply his strategy you will see his breakthrough and the benefit is in the breakthrough so many of us we hear the strategy but we don't implement it that's stagnation, slow moving, slow to obey. You're waiting for this and that. But you have to be careful because ideas have a time limit. They have an expiration date. You don't believe me? If, think about an idea you had years ago and then all of a sudden you see it on TV. Somebody took that idea. It was in the realm of knowledge. It was released from heaven. Somebody grabbed it and did it. Um, and so you have to be able to activate and to move on what it is God has put on the inside of you. So we've just been talking about this shifting. We've been talking about this because what? The smallest shift involves change. So let's talk about change for a little while. The smallest shift involves change. Um, Implementing strategy is going to take and involve change. It's going to involve change. When is it time to change? When, When is it time to change? That's a question a lot of people ask. When is it time to change? When there's a discrepancy between what's happening and what you would like to happen, it's time for change. Okay. When is a discrepancy or a difference between your vision and your reality? It's time for change. Hey, Deandra, thank you for joining me. Nasima, thank you. I, Aileen, I thank you for joining me today. It's time for change. Look at your life. Are you where you want to be? Look at your organization. Is it where the vision says it should be? If not, it is time for change. All right. And so last week we talked about three shift tips. So I'm going to run through those three shift tips because I've got some new stuff I want to share with you that's going to help you navigate the change. Okay. So here's your three shift tips. Last week we talked about this. Um, Why change fail? Number one, change fails because change is not piloted. Okay. You have to pilot change. Leaders who announce change, um, leaders who announce change and then they leave it there, then all of a sudden it fails. Change must not end with an announcement. Announcing a change is not the same as implementing it. Here's a quote I want you to remember. Effective organizational leadership is more about managing the journey of change than announcing the the destination. 
So many times that's what we do. We start announcing, well, I'm going to be this and this is going to happen for me. And okay, that's all great. You're announcing the, the destination, but what about the journey there? What about the journey there? Because you know what? To be honest, God is, not, God is not overjoyed about the destination. He's more concerned about who we become as a result of the journey than he is about what we achieve when we reach the destination. Why? Because inside of that journey, he has packaged some points, some pivotal points that's going to bring out of us our potential, that's going to grow us up to the place we need to be to receive what he has in that destination. And it's going to give us a story to share with somebody else. So leadership shift tip number two, shift tip number two. I said this, involve people in planning the change who will be impacted by the change. Okay. Involve people in planning the change who will be impacted by the change. Now, let me say this to all of our Lone Ranger leaders, leaders out there. Oh, people who you don't have a team or you don't communicate with the, uh, uh, the team. You know, you just do everything yourself because you can't depend on them. Oh, how many of you on here got, go through that? Um, they always drop the ball or um, they don't, they're not committed. So you just go on and do it yourself. You just go on and do it yourself. Let me tell you this. If you don't involve those people that are going to be impacted by the change, they are going to let you know how they really feel about the change. Okay. And it's not going to be a pretty conversation. Why? Because those who plan the battle really battle the plan. Okay. If you involve them in planning it, then they won't fight it. Okay, and it's good to have that conversation with them in the beginning because then they can give you their feedback. They can tell you their concerns. And what I always tell people, every leader has a blind spot. There's, you're not above it. There's something that you, you might miss in the process. That's why you need a team around the dream because they're going to give you the insight that you need that helps you to avoid certain things and to make sure that you don't have anything fall through the crack. Here's shift tip number three. Making changes will invite concerns. Address the concerns. Don't ignore them. Oh, we don't like this part of the process because this is the part where we have to deal with the people that are the resistors. They are the resistors. Okay. You have your early adopters, your resistors, and you have your advocates. These are the resistors. These are the people that say, what is this change? Why do we need to change? How is this change going to affect me? And who's leading this change anyway? They're going to ask you the hard questions, but take it as a moment to, to fine tune your plan, to get more people on board with the plan. That's, this is your opportunity for buy-in. And this is going to be a great place, a great space for you, because I feel like sometimes as leaders, we're, we're always in this kind of directing mode um, where we're telling people what to do, that we don't take the time to hear feedback from them. So take this as an opportunity to find the kernel of truth in every criticism and enjoy it. Don't, don't, you know, don't demify. I don't even know if that's the word I want to use. Don't, don't make people into the enemy just because they don't agree with you. All right. Try, try to restrain from doing that, because just because people don't get why they need this change or why the organization needs this change, it doesn't make them Judas. They could, in fact, be a Peter. So take this opportunity to dig into that um, because it could be some good stuff. All right. So I said a lot. That was the recap. Can you believe that? That was just a recap. But I have some more information that I want to share with you. I hope you got something out of this. Let's take a little survey. Who's on here with me today? I see some people, they, they're posting. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elisa said that that's my favorite book of the Bible. Good. Um, that's it. Sister Pearson says strategize your shift. I love it. That's what we're talking about. Um, Pastor Shaw says seeking heavenly instructions for triumphant success. That's the acronym for shift. Come on. I love it. Thank you, Stephen, for joining me today. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Good, good, good. Um, Elisa said, this is a million dollar teaching. My God. Good, good, good. Thank you, guys. I hope that I see somebody. Is that your hand up, Kimberly? Is your hand up? <laughs> if you have questions, post your questions below. We're going to take questions. I want to answer your questions because in order for you to be able to implement it, you need to have all the bases covered. All right. And so we're going to go into this idea of change being piloted. I want to dive into that shift tip number one about change being piloted. In other words, somebody's got to be behind the steering wheel steering that change. And so I want to talk to you guys about that because God wants to move us from stagnation. There's no reason why those of us who are believers who have the advantage, you have the Holy Spirit who knows all things, the mind, he knows the mind of God. He's on the inside of you. There's no reason why we are not on the cutting edge, why we are not moving and flowing and what he says 500 fortune 500 companies should be competing with us because we have the advantage and so in order for us to elevate our level of leadership here are some shift tips that I want to leave with you today because I want you to be able to pilot this change 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 I hear that for someone change 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 you need to change the direction of your ministry change the direction the trajectory of your church you need to shift you need to shift because there's too much stagnation in your organization. So how do you know your organization, your church, your ministry, your team, your department, your auxiliary needs to shift? How do you know this? Okay, one, this is one of the ways you know. Hey, Harrison, thank you for joining me. What used to work is no longer working. We have to stop defending strategies that no longer exist. Hey, Jacqueline, thank you for joining me today. We have to stop defending strategies that no longer exist. Can you imagine if Joshua got into a fight with God at the walls of Jericho about using the rod or not? Well, the rod worked for Jesus. The, I mean, the rod worked for Moses, so it must work for me. No, he had another strategy for that, that challenge that he faced. And so we have to say, okay, if what we were using no longer is working, what's next okay number two how do you know your ministry your team your business your auxiliary your department your church needs to shift number two you're losing more people than you're gaining okay you have a high turnover rate whether that's in membership whether that's in people on your team um clients customers okay you're getting people in but you can't keep them this is a reason for you to shift okay number three there's more talking behind your back than to your face I'm going to say that again. There's more talking behind your back than to your face. They're talking, but they're just not talking to you. You need to shift. There's a shift that's needed. Anytime your people that you are leading are talking more behind your back than to your face, they are quiet in your meetings, you need to shift. There's a shift that needs to take place. There's something going on underneath the surface, all right? We talked about that 80-20. We talked about that iceberg, okay? 80% of the iceberg is underneath the surface, 20% is seen on top. If what you see on top is just the 20%, there's an 80% driving that organizational culture. 
80% underneath the surface is driving that organizational culture. Somewhere, some way, some way, somehow, you have built in uh, your culture this idea that uh, you are not approachable, that you will not respond to the complaints, or that uh, you don't, you're dismissive of people and their ideas. They're talking, just not talking to you, okay? And so you got to be careful of that because people leading the change fail to respect the power of the culture to kill the change. I just said something right there. I'm going to say that one more time because I need you to get it. I need you to get it. Every business, every organization, every church, every ministry, every team, every auxiliary department, whatever you want to call what you do, everyone has a culture. People leading the change fail to respect the power of the culture to kill the change. If you do not examine, diagnose, so part of what I do as a leadership coach when I go in to churches and I go into businesses to coach, and part of what I do is I do this called a culture and climate auditing. Because if you do not audit your climate, your culture of your organization, you are going to try to implement change that the culture is not ready or prepared to handle. Okay? And so why change fails? Because we, it's, change is not piloted, right? Leaders who announce change are using a directing style leadership. What is a directing style? That means that decisions are made by the leader and announced to the followers, so communication is largely one way. You don't want to lead when communication is just largely one way. This causes the team to lose morale. Um, this causes people to murmur and complain behind your back. Um, this causes people to feel as if the organization is not really for them, just for you. And what you learn about ministry is it must be done with the people, not just for the people. That's what Christ did. Isn't that a great example? He was like, wait a minute. Hmm. He said, Adam, Adam, okay, you did all right, but you blew it. You messed it up. I'm not going to just come. I'm not going to just speak from the throne. I'm going to come down and live among the people. He did ministry with the people, not just for the people. And I, agree, I, I believe that's an amazing, amazing example of how we are to do leadership and how we are to do ministry. All right. So here it is. You have a directing style. So what you do, you tell everybody what you want to happen and then you disappear. How many times have we seen this? I know I have. I wish I could put my hand up right now. That's what I know that I have. I've seen it. I've seen it. I, you know, they you get up and some of us have done it. How about that? We announced change. Oh, we're going in a new direction. God is going to do some new things this year. We're going to do it big. It's going to be better than it's ever been before. Um, there's so many great things that God is going to do for us. And we start on this um, journey of just announcing the, de the destination. Forget, forget how we're going to get there. Forget how we're going to get there. Um, because, you know, that's never the details are never in that announcement. <laughs> the details are never in that announcement. We just kind of start off by just saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then we disappear off the scene as if because we said it, it's automatically going to happen. Using it, this inappropriate delegating style, you expect the change to be automatically implemented. Unfortunately, that never happens. OK, that's not managing the journey. Remember, it's not about 
just a destination. It's about the journey to change. So what happens? Change, the change gets derailed. Change gets derailed because people know they can outlast the announcement or at least the person who's making the announcement. I just said something right there. You ever wonder why when you make these kind of announcements, you talk about these change and you're like, oh, we're going to do something great. You know, like you pull a Trump, you pull a Donald Trump, make America great again. We're going to do this great thing. We're going to say these great lofty words and we're just going to leave it there and walk away from the whole process. It never works out because you know what? People have seen you say this before and they know nothing will come of it. <laughs> Don't be mad at me for saying that. If you know it's the truth, if the shoe fit, come on and wear it. Because you have to realize that some people, they're not even going to move on it because they didn't have no details to a plan. They already know that you are a starter and not a finisher. You have to model the culture you want your people to follow. And in culture, what you reward gets repeated. So if you reward finishing and you have some type of acknowledgement for people who finish, then that's the culture that you're going to build. A poor use of directing style followed by an inappropriate delegating style, announcing the change, and then the um, uh, trying to get people to be responsible for the change, it means that the change will never be successfully implemented. It will never be successfully implemented. Hey, Jay, thank you for joining me. Hi, Lily, thank you for joining me today. It will never be successfully implemented. If you're going to see change in your life, if you're going to see change in your ministry, if you want to begin the shift from stagnation to success, you have to do more than just announce it. You have to manage that change. Remember, don't start anything you can't sustain. And don't move on any idea until you first have strategy. If you're going to now begin the shift to see what God, see the reality of what God is saying. So many people are frustrated. They're like, oh, I've been waiting on this manifestation. I've been waiting for God to move and for him to do this and him to do that. But if you have not availed yourself to co-laboring with Christ, then you've been waiting in vain. You have to say, okay, Holy Spirit, what is it? My, what's my role in this? How do I connect with you? How do I partner with you to see this thing manifest? Because there is a part in the process for you. I talked about this last week, and I'm going to close with this. Acts chapter 12. I love this, this story. Here it is. Peter's in jail. He's locked up. The Bible says he's chained, and he has two guards, one on each side. The church begins to pray for his deliverance, pray for him to come out. And so what they do, they're praying, they're praying, they're praying. And the Lord sends an angel to go deliver Peter out of the prison. The Bible says that the angel goes there, looses Peter from the chains and tells him to rise up, put on your clothes, open the door and leave. Now, that might not seem like something supernatural and big to talk about, but the powerful part is how they co-labored. The, the only thing the angel did for Peter was the part he could not do for himself. He didn't put Peter's clothes on for him. He didn't open the door for Peter. All he did was release him from the chains, the part he could not do for himself. What's the part that you can be doing that God has given you to do in this process to shift? What role do you play in it? What is God requiring of you now? What is the now requirement for this next shift in your life? You got to seek him for that strategy. Seek him for that download so you can begin to implement this shift in your life. So you can see the manifestation of it. So I, I, I'm so excited about what God is doing in this shift. He shifted me personally. I mean, I was walking home 
from the supermarket yesterday and I just felt so much exhilaration and excitement about something that was on the horizon. Oh man, it's going to be big. It's going to be big, but it's going to it's going to miss those of you who don't shift. It's going to miss you. You got to be in the right place at the right time in the right season doing the right thing. And so God is calling us to shift. He wants us to move from being move from being inactive, slow moving, having no current flow, lack of development, advancement or progressive movement. He wants us to shift from that place and say, "Okay, any meaningful success requires strategy. Lord, give us your strategy." Give us your wisdom so that we can do this. So I hope you guys got something out of this chat today because I don't want to see your change efforts fail. And just like my client Lisa was saying, she understood that if I'm going to shift, even the smallest shift is going to require change. And she has been able to implement change and see a turnaround in her life, her marriage, and even her health. And I thank God for that opportunity to sit down and talk with her and to have that moment. So I want to make sure that I avail that same opportunity for you. Because if you're on here today and you're saying, hey, I want to shift, my organization needs to shift, and my and me personally, I need to shift. I want to talk to you about it. Or maybe you just want to talk in general about where your organization is and what the Lord is saying for 2016, 2017, going into 2018 and what you want to do. Um, I'm here. I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. My prices are reasonable. You can find out more information if you go to CoachRamsey.com, okay? CoachRamsey.com. And look me up and book a free session. You can get a 30-minute consultation, and then you'll see if we're a good match because I believe that if God wants you to shift, then he's going to send a strategist, myself, into your life to help you make that decision. How do I get from where I am to where I need to go? How do I get there smarter, <laughs> right? How do I get there efficient? And then also, how can I then bring my organization into that same momentum of shift, right? Shifting has a momentum. Um, anybody who drives a stick shift, you know that there's a momentum that goes with it. Um, I want to make sure that you get that. You can go to CoachRamsey.com and you can book your session. I want to sit with you. Let's strategize for your shift. Let's put things in order. Let's put things in proper perspective. I believe that what you're going to get is greater than what you've already been through and it's going to help you to achieve everything that you're going after. And that's what's important. All right, I see some people coming on. Jennifer Charles, thank you. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you guys for joining me today. Um, um, I want to tell you guys, upcoming on August, Saturday, August 26th. Yes, I said Saturday, August 26th at 6 p.m. We're having our Ministry Leaders Mixer. It's a night of networking and games. If you like spades, if you like board games, if you like good food, good people, good environment, it is a must-attend event. Hey, Mary, long time no see. Um, it's a must-attend event. It is free. We have $5 appetizers, unlimited appetizers when you get there. And there's a $7 special. I'll tell you about that a little bit later um, and when we get closer to the date. But it's free for ministry leaders. If you're in leadership and ministry, you're a youth leader, youth pastor, uh, a team leader, auxiliary, department head. Um, if you're a pastor, senior pastor, bishop, fivefold, whatever, if you are serving in any leadership capacity in ministry, some of y'all don't even consider yourself leaders, but I'm going to leave that alone for now. If you're serving, right, you're a servant leader. <laughs> if you're serving, 
make sure that you come, you join us. You can go to my Facebook page, my event. I'll be sharing it later. But you got an RSVP, so I know you're coming. All right, we're going to have some games. It's going to be an opportunity to network. I want you to meet some people, and I want to meet you. I want to have a conversation with you. So why don't you join me? It's going to be at 20 Grand Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Again, Suite 704. So make sure you're there. RSVP on Facebook, so I know you're coming. And then upcoming in September, um, September 23rd at 11 a.m., we're having our second Surge Youth Leader Summit. Y'all need to be there. That last one was amazing. And I'm not saying that because it was my event. I'm saying that because God was there. I'm saying that because it was an encounter. And you can ask people that were there because I'm going to be posting some of their testimonials um, about their experience there. But it was amazing. And again, this is our way of giving back to those that are in youth leadership. Um, in that particular area, we service all leaders. We are a conduit and catalyst of empowerment for leaders in general. But there we have a special session for just youth leaders called Surge, the Youth Leader Summit. And that's going to be on September 23rd at 11 a.m. You have the RSVP. You go to surge, the number two, dot eventbrite.com and register. You have to register. That is required um, so that we know that you're coming and we can have your name on the guest list. We changed the location. We had to change the location. We're going to be at 200-25 Linden Boulevard in Queens, New York at St. Albans Assembly. Power Up Partners Tamala and Robin are hosting us and we're excited about that. Um, they are fabulous people. Again, go to surge, the number two, dot eventbrite.com. We're going in. We're going to get powered up. I don't know if you saw the um, news about that young lady who um, they threw the hot boiling water. Somebody threw hot boiling water on that young lady. I think she was either 12 or 14 years old. And let me tell you, that thing just ignited another level of passion to pour out on September 23rd because I understand the challenges that youth leaders are going through. I've been serving in youth leadership for over 20 years. I, I don't d deal directly with young people anymore, but I am in the field training other youth leaders to make sure that they are well equipped to handle the level of demonic activity facing this generation today and be able to strategize on how to win and be smarter at our decisions, smarter at how we do ministry, that we're not just doing ministry for young people, but with them and be able to see the results that God has ordained. And so I'm just charged up for that because I'm mad at the devil. He done messed with the wrong one. We're going to do this and we're going to do this together. We're going to do it strong and we're going to win strong. So again, if you guys that came on late, go back, look at this. When we stop, when I come off, go back and listen to this because because I want you to make sure that you're shifting from stagnation to success. Don't forget, reach out to me, inbox me. Hey, I want to talk. I want to strategize. Let's do lunch. Let's do dinner. Let's talk. Let's meet up so that you can be one of those people that get, um, that get the strategy that you need for the shift that you are already in. Don't you know the shift already started? It already started. You're already in the midst of it. Now it's time for you to move forward. It's time for you to own this moment and make something happen for the glory of God. And I want to make sure that you're a part of that. Thank you guys for joining. Let's keep her. Uh, let's keep each other in prayer. Let's keep each other encouraged and share this video so that somebody else's life can be touched, changed and transformed as they begin to lead, not just just in leadership generally, but you're going to lead in leadership in, an ex, in a way that it, it brings the level of your leadership up and you're going to do it well. You're going to do it well. All right, guys.
I love you. I love talking to you on Tuesdays at 2. Share this video. Make sure you hit me up. I'm going to make sure you comment. Let me know that you got something out of this. Give me some likes, some hearts, some love. So I know that something was said today that, that really impacted you. Post some of the quotes from it so I know that you really received something today. Hey, Lizzie, thank you for joining me. Hi, Mantra. Thank you for joining me. Guys, give me some love. Let me know that you got something out of this chat today. Post, quote, Quote me, do whatever you need to do, but let the world Thank know you, you was on with leadership for joining us today on the Power Up Podcast, right, Lead It or Leave so It, with your host, Chanel Ramsey, where we seek to inspire and empower today's leaders. For more information about Power Up, we invite you to visit us at powerupnetwork.org, or you can reach us by email at info at powerupnetwork.org. Feel free to subscribe. Go on social media, like our page, and follow us. Till next week, be inspired.